Welcome to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively captures insightful conversations with people contributing to advancement of space activities in India. The New Space India podcast is pleased to announce our association with Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing business and people with collaborative virtual environments to imagine sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups small and medium-sized enterprises, and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellite propulsion. Hi, and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. And we have here Anirudh, uh, who is the CEO of uh, Digantara Space. Welcome, Anirudh, to the show, and thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Tarayan, for having me here in this podcast. Great. So let's uh, rewind to some of the early days of uh, your own personal journey and your team's personal journey before we actually get into Digantara itself. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background and you know what got you into space and you know what led you to this space entrepreneurship path. Okay. So 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 it was back then in 2017. Um, you know when there was the buzz around uh, ISRO student satellite program in different universities. Um, you know, IIT Bombay was building Pratham at that point in time, and there were uh, students from SRM building SRM SAT. So that got me, uh, I mean, interested in working on this domain. And before that, I always wanted to pursue my journey in the space domain. I wanted to take up aerospace engineering. But then due to peer pressure, you know, I had to pursue computer science engineering. And I had one of my school friend uh, who is uh, today our CTO, Tanvir. So he was uh, uh, building a student satellite in his college, uh, which is RB College of Engineering, Bangalore. And then we just had a, you know, casual conversation. At that point in time, you know, I, I thought, why not I start this project or program in our university? So that's when it all started. But initially, it was really difficult for us to, you know, get some funding or to get this started in the university, because as university uh, students or say uh, 17, 18 year old, it's really difficult for uh, us to convince the university administration to fund us for something like a satellite. So initially, uh, we started participating in a lot of space conferences. Uh, one of the first conferences that we attended was uh, uh, from ISRO. Actually, uh, Semiconductor Laboratory and ISRO, uh, you know, together organized a conference in Chandigarh uh, back then, 2017. It was called National System Engineering Conference, where we presented a paper on nano satellites. So basically, in the North Indian region, we have uh, a problem of uh, smog in the winters. So uh, we just made a small research paper around uh, uh, you know smog detection using satellites. So that was our first paper that we presented, um, you know, in in a conference for which we won a best student research award from Dr. B. N. Suresh. So that got our university, uh, you know, ad- administration a bit of. I mean, they started taking interest in what we are building. Uh, so I think that's when uh, you know they said, okay, fine, uh, we'll support you in terms of the infrastructure in case you want to develop something. So let's start from uh, you know building a ground station first rather than building a satellite. Uh, so that's when uh, you know I uh, you know I and my part partner Rahul Rawat we started a team in the university. We had to recruit people from different engineering disciplines. So uh, as a student club, we started uh, 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 this project. And then we had more than 60 students from different disciplines, uh, you know, come uh, like they are coming together and working on building a satellite. Uh, so post that, uh, uh, I as a project manager to this team, uh, so I had this responsibility of connecting 
our club to you know the international organizations or people who can support us basically so that's when i wrote a lot of cold emails more than 300 400 emails in which i got few replies back and in that was one of the um, you know space agencies from south america uh, so they started working with us in terms of guiding and what we should do and what we should not do so um, you know that's when we started uh, working on ground uh, or ground stations or uh, satellite systems uh so um you know then what happened is that at one point in time they uh, asked us to develop a satellite structure because they couldn't get that from the us uh so it it was too costly for them to get it from the us so a, a cubesat structure basically uh so my dad works at drdo and he knew a lot of them in bangalore uh, so we just wanted to um, you know search for vendors here and then uh, we had a team to design this a one new cubesat structure we designed it then we got it manufactured here in india and we exported it back to them so that was our first freelancing project that we did for which we got a $1000 check and they asked us to provide an invoice so just to provide an invoice we had to start a company actually so we didn't know what to do so we started a company with no other aim than to provide them an invoice because we were getting $1000 and in india to start a company it takes $100 right so that was our thinking and that's when we started digantra back then in 2018 and post that uh, we got a lot of opportunities and participation uh, in in a lot of conferences in 2018 we were in bremen at iac in 2019 we went to iac again in washington dc in washington dc we were listed as one of the top eight startups for presenting our uh, startup there to the international space community so that's when we understood more about the commercial essence of what we were building in terms of the space traffic management uh, taking a step back right so how we came uh, to the con- conclusion that we should work on space sustainability or space debris or space debris management so um you know when uh, we were working with the south american agency so they lost their first satellite uh, uh, due to a debris hit that's when we started working around what are the current uh, available solutions in the industry or the market so all were ground based solutions or Uh, it was either radars or telescopes so we wanted to build something much more sophisticated and efficient and every time i i look at the space traffic management i always draw similarities to the aviation sector the air traffic management systems that we have today that is you know uh, the the core of the air surveillance today in the industry so we wanted to build something in that line so that's when we started working around the solution and we patented uh the current a uh, solution that we are building at digantra and we got our patent granted as well so that gave us a bit of uh, initial confidence that you know we can take this commercial um you know uh, one of the important problems that or one of the major problems that we had uh, was funding because space uh, requires a lot of money um when when we started working initially so we had a lot of angel investors from uh you know punjab region when we were in uh, university who said that okay we'll fund around 10 lakhs 20 lakhs but that doesn't cut a slack for building uh something like this right so um we started uh, working around uh, a lot of opportunities here and there and we had to learn business because in 2019 iac we learned that there is uh, a commercialization aspect to what we were building and we have to take this uh product to the industry so that we can solve the problem uh, that is faced today by the uh, space industry so uh we started talking to the fellow space startups here in india then we got to know the avenues that are available for a startup to grow uh so that's when we got incubated at uh, the indian institute of science and we got our first government grant from them 
which was around uh, 25 lakhs from the incubation team and uh, 15 lakhs from uh, the MSME Center of Ex- Excellence IIC. So that was our initial funding that we received for us to uh, start uh, a mission or build a prototype, uh, a tangible prototype here in India. Excellent. You know that's a very interesting journey overall. Um, you know, as you said, going from a university setup to like doing this professionally is uh, quite a big arc. You know, at the end of the day, that's uh, actually one of the massive arcs that anybody can take uh, at the end. So. I know that a lot of uh, university CubeSat teams struggle with the lack of support or lack of funding, and you know, lack of uh, overall infrastructure needed to actually build up the whole program at the end. But then, to having come to a conclusion that you know, space traffic management is something that you want to do, and in such a short time, and and trying to do all of this is actually very, you know, it's terrific, fantastic work uh, at the end from your part, right? From your team part. Uh, I mean, I'm very. Um, i would be in in your stage uh, even when i was trying to kick off a venture out of university coming out of university i think i was also a bit lost out of all of this and you, know, you seem to have uh, i'm in awe because you know i've taken a lot more time in uh, in coming to a conclusion as to what is the venture and how to commercialize and uh, you've done all of this you know i think your generation of entrepreneurs who have come up either bellatrix or you or pixel or whoever it is i think um, you guys have learned stuff very very quickly than you know maybe my generation which is why maybe one generation behind at the end so this is also the reason i think you know i'm very enthusiastic about uh, young people starting up but i'm sure that you know it's it's as difficult or even more difficult with all the noise that uh, is all around uh, so from your perspective um, what was the journey like from going from this university setup uh, where you probably were struggling to get all of this uh, to then saying STM is the thing that we were doing. So, what was uh, you know the story behind, or why did you come to a conclusion that STM? Because you know you could have done anything. You could have done remote sensing. You could have done communication. You could have done rockets or or whatever. Right. So, so you know one of the major challenges that we had as a university team and coming from say a tier three university, it was difficult for us to convince people. Actually, you know we. <laughs> so 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 we had a long uh, uh, journey there right so um, initially what we did was uh, when we started developing this product it was totally towards the university student satellite program and when university uh, you know said that you know it's difficult for them to fund so much that's when we still wanted to pursue this particular product that we were developing as engineers we were biased towards what we were building uh, so one of the important things that we did in our journey is to grab every opportunity that we got even beat A, a competition which was giving you a grant of say ten thousand rupees to a competition which was giving fifteen lakh rupees in grant. So we participated in each of these things, and that's how we started accumulating some funds uh, uh, for building what we are doing today. Um, and when we, uh, you know, when we uh, were thinking about commercializing this particular thing, that is the STM concept that we are developing. It was more or less towards, uh, you know, the reason. The main reason is that we were biased towards our technology. You know, even though we did not have any commercial angle to it, we were uh, we just wanted to pursue this opportunity. So that's where I think all the conferences that we attended and the knowledge that we gained there helped uh, us to build a business model around it. And the timing was actually perfect uh, for us, at least when we started in 2018 as a company. Uh, space debris was. not the talk of the town at least in the space industry uh, 
in 2019 2020 it 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 it, it became uh, an headline in all these space channels or journals right because of the international space station maneuvers and stuff like that so all this timing and you know the growth in the space activities helped us to build this uh, business model rather than uh, uh, you know an internal push from our team i would say that it is the ecosystem that supported us to grow right so supported us to work towards uh, space traffic management because back then in 2018 you never knew about you know starlink would launch say 12000 satellites or uh, amazon's project qpr and and stuff like that it all happened recently and we started back then with a product with no aim to commercialization and now uh, we have uh, a product that is ready uh, to know uh, to commercialize in the space industry uh, because there is a requirement for what we are building so that's how I think we chose uh, this domain. And there were very few players doing this uh, in the market at that point in time. And uh, we were one of the very few companies who got a lot of traction in, in, in our initial days, even with just an idea. So that kept us thinking that, okay, when we are getting so much traction, when we just have an idea or a PowerPoint presentation, what we can do when we have a product. Uh, so that's when I think uh, we started working around uh, this concept and you know I started building uh, a business model around it myself personally and took lessons uh, or up- applied for a lot of these B schools you know accelerator programs and that's how I learned business the hard way. Yeah fantastic you know at the end of the day I think um, most of the teams that I've seen of course you know everybody doing business at the end has some engineering background it always helps right to have uh, uh, some technical knowledge combined with the power of uh, actually doing business at the end. So you all need always, you know, different skill sets, of course, within a team to kind of uh, succeed at the end. You said that you did get some support from all of this and so on. So now it looks possibly in retrospective in a different fashion because you've gone on to raise, you know, venture capital funding or so on. But then to create that initial, you know, spark in people to kind of identify your uh, idea and identify your... uh, uh, idea is even worthy of uh, of a company and being young is perhaps very difficult in a country like India. So who are the earliest supporters you think uh, are somebody who you think, you know, helped you really, really well and perhaps even IISC where you're incubated or so on. So who are your early supporters and how did they actually help you? So I would give this, uh, you know, uh, uh, give this or rather I would put it in this way, our early supporters, the, one of the major support that we got our initial days uh, was from our university itself, right? So when we started our ground station project, our university funded around 60 lakh rupees to build this ground station in the university. So with that funding, uh, you know, when we were in the university, one thing that I had in my mind was we just have one year left. So I was in my third year of my engineering. So once you complete your fourth year, you're done and you should get a job, uh, right? So we had one year to experiment with what we are doing right now. So I think uh, in the third year of our engineering, more or less, we spent a lot of time on developing these systems because we were funded by the university. So I would give this uh, credit to the university that they supported us in the initial days. And then uh, later when we had to go commercial or when we had to build this as a venture, uh, one of the important uh, support that we got was from uh, the Indian Institute of Science uh, Ministry of MSME where they funded us 15 lakh rupees for us to build a small prototype and demonstrate this technology 
and then uh, you know it took us time to get incubated at uh, iisc because it's a long process actually but uh, they they evaluate you both in technical business terms commercial terms and then they uh, give you an incubation uh, support that's when we got our funding from iisc which was around 25 plus 15 around 40 lakh rupees we had in our banks for us to build something uh, so we had a small team and that's how we got it uh, we got this started from that journey that uh, initial seed funding that you received or so on uh, i know that you know you possibly now have a patent and maybe you know your technology you cannot talk much deeper into the technology i don't want to push you in that angle as well but what is uh, the baseline of uh, stm or space traffic management that you are plugging into so as i understand it you are not into active debris removal you're more into the tracking of the debris and so on so just for the just for listeners sake why don't you just walk us through what is space traffic management and what are different players doing in it and how you fit into that ecosystem so the first thing about uh, space traffic management or you know uh, space domain awareness or space situational awareness so these are the three terms uh, used widely in the industry for uh, debris tracking or object tracking in space Uh, so the um, this started by uh, this was started by the us and russia where they were using their telescopes and radars to track space objects ssn networks were there space surveillance networks were there est- established for them to track the active satellites or even debris about 10 cm in size so that was the uh, initial uh, infrastructure available and then what made it a necessity to build a commercial uh, solution for this problem is that the increased amount of space activities or new space actors coming in the industry and launching more and more satellites and uh, the current infrastructure that is available today is just radars and telescopes as you see that they are a static system right so they have a lot of limitations so one of the major limitation is atmosphere due to which they cannot track objects less than 10 cm in size or up to certain extent they can track objects so one of the major pain points that we wanted to address here is uh, the false positives that are there in the uh, industry right so currently uh, you know people might tell you that you need to maneuver your satellite by say the us data tells you that you need to maneuver your satellite but that might not be the case in space actually because you are not sure if the data is true or not and you end up maneuvering your satellite you uh, lose your fuel and your operational cost so we wanted to build a catalog uh, which has a global acceptance or we uh, uh, or merge uh, these sensors that are available in the industry see so sensor data that are available in the industry and provide an accurate solution in terms of space traffic management or space situational awareness for both commercial and uh, defense stakeholders so what we at digantra are doing is uh, building a space based sensor system uh, for us to be able to track these resident space objects much precisely than it is today in the industry so with our systems we can go up to 1 cm in size so this will give us a room to track more than 900000 objects than what it is today uh, in the catalog so this is the first thing and the second thing is that uh, you know when we started doing this it was really difficult uh, for us to think around where we can fit our solution in the market so that's where we started talking to more commercial customers or space stakeholders that's when we understood that mission operations or mission management is one of the pain points in the industry so people know how to build satellite and launch satellite and what after launch is still uh, there are a lot of 
new space startups which are still uh, are, are not able to figure out how to do it so that's where we wanted to uh, fit our solution in or provide apis for their mission management using our data that we generate from our satellite constellation the reason we are launching a constellation of satellite is to uh, cover the entire lower earth orbit with no blind spots and provide near real time data in terms of these uh, space situational awareness or space weather the reason we are doing space weather right now with space situational awareness is because uh, with space weather data we can increase or enhance the accuracy of the data that we generate because currently in the industry uh, a lot of the current players use historical space weather data that are available into their algorithms for them to be able to predict the course of the object in our case we have built again a patented sensors with which we can uh, un- understand the radiations in space and give that as an input to our algorithms or the data that we have generated and make it much more uh, precise than it is in the industry so that's where we come in so what we provide as a solution to a commercial space industry is an entire life cycle support uh, for a satellite mission from orbit selection because uh, for example we have come across a lot of uh, folks who want to build satellite for x reason say uh, assume that they want to build satellite for a remote sensing purpose and the first thing that they will look at is what is the resolution that i need or uh, which orbit should i place my satellite to get or achieve this resolution so um the first thing that we wanted to do there is help them select their orbit based on the data that we have generated that's orbit selection and then comes orbit determination once they want to launch their satellite to the orbit uh, find the trajectories for launch and then once the satellite is in the orbit for satellite operations uh, we wanted to help them in terms of designing maneuvers or say a customer is launching a constellation of satellite one a subscription based system or a platform uh, that can take all the satellite constellation or all all the satellites as an input and for them to be up, uh, for them to optimize this uh, data in terms of their satellite operation is what we wanted to do with our platform that we are building right now that's in the operational side of things and next thing comes uh, deorbiting or end of life where uh, we can help them design the uh, trajectories for uh, deorbiting so we are covering an entire life cycle for a satellite mission that way apart from these commercial stakeholders uh, we were also looking at insurance industry uh, because for insurance industry today there are not many products available around in orbit satellite insurance the reason that is not available today is because the lack of data so when you have to do uh, debris removal the first thing that you should be uh, doing is understanding what is happening in the orbit that is astrodynamics so when you don't do that removing say one or two objects doesn't make a lot of sense when you are going into debris removal you need to you know uh, go as an whole solution to help resolve this problem rather than going uh, with say removing one object or two objects uh, which are in your focus for uh, for you to do that as well you need ssa data so that's where we uh, you know thought that uh, ssa data is really important for us to be uh, able to provide the solution to the industry and secondly uh, this will act as a base for doing all these missions say in orbit servicing to debris removal ssa is the first step and that's what japan is doing right now or germany is doing right now right so um, we wanted to walk in the uh, same lines um and apart from us there are a lot of other players in the market and there is a company based out of canada called uh, northstar earth and space who is building a constellation of satellites for tracking objects in space uh, using a passive system 
so what differentiates us from the others that are there in the market is uh, we are using an active system basically we have our own uh, source of uh, signals for us to be able to track objects uh, be it day or night time and secondly uh, the integration of space weather modules enhances our uh, capabilities in terms of uh, the quality of the data uh, and apart from the space based uh, uh, solution providers there are many ground based solution providers one of the good companies that i look at is leo labs uh, based out of the us who is working with spacex right now and the us department of defense in terms of tracking objects and they're expanding their radars uh, globally in terms of providing uh, nssc solution uh, to the commercial space industry excellent i mean that's a really nice uh, overview on all of this so as far as your uh, you know constellation that you are trying to build now and i guess you know the patent that you have is for the payload or the you know heart of the whole mission at the end so what is your strategy with respect to execution now uh, now that you've also you know raised this venture capital and and so on so are you looking to build it yourself or you are, because you know you maybe are focusing on the execution side with the apis and the payload you want to have a partner build it and launch it for you how is the execution roadmap for you guys okay so basically uh, you know initially we were inclined towards building our own satellite and you know plugging in our payloads and launching it but then we wanted to prioritize on building this software and hardware stack for ssa and rather than reinventing the wheel in terms of building all the subsystems ourselves so that's where uh, we started working uh, more uh, more on the payload development and uh, for our satellites so we are outsourcing our satellite development where we can just plug in our satellite into the existing uh, cubesat uh, form factors that are available and then launch it to space so our strategy in terms of execution is that uh, we're launching our first satellite as a technology demonstration mission and we have certain parameters uh, around it where once we launch our satellite we are tracking the objects that are tracked by the ground based system so that we check the calibration so first uh, mission is more or less a calibration come a technology demonstration mission for our payload and once we finish our first mission the data that we generate from our first mission so we have onboarded few pilot customers who can consume this data uh, these are some of the companies who work in mission management and operations and others are ssa software companies who uh, you know intake data from different sources Uh, so we are working with them in terms of understanding where exactly uh, we can fit in our solution uh, so one of the important things that we learned hard way is that initially when we started building this like i said we were more or less uh, biased towards what we were building uh, so uh, we we uh, we understood that we should not post this technology to the market rather than uh, rather we should have a customer's ex- acceptance in terms of uh, the solution itself right so uh, we started talking to the uh, commercial stakeholders took their inputs while building each uh, a com- component of our payload so that we cover the entire requirement of a commercial cust- customer that way and secondly when we were building this uh, we never looked at defense side of things and uh, defense is really interested in uh, you know having an indigenous uh, space based uh, sensors or uh, Uh, space situational awareness capabilities in india so that's when we understood what defense looks at it uh, so how do they want the solution to be and what ex- exactly is the requirement because for defense it's not about tracking debris right so tracking debris doesn't make sense for defense it's all about space surveillance for them you you should be able to monitor uh, other objects in space 
so that's the requirement which we can uh, essentially do with our satellite constellation so we had to work towards uh, having a different data set for commercial and defense while we are generating data from our uh, satellite constellation so uh, currently um, uh, in terms of execution we are uh, we are more or less focused only towards building uh, the hardware part of the payload and a software suite for uh, this particular uh, uh, solution when it comes to what is the advantage that your customer gets out of your service right and can you walk us through what that exactly is for example you know because at the end of the day there are paint size blocks of space debris that are affecting the space environment where you know even a whatever speck of paint is uh, creating holes in the international space station where maybe we don't have the capability to actually track that paint or i don't know if today they've already built such capability right so there's of course various sizes of the debris and how they are tracked and you know how maneuvers can be taken up and so on so both from the sense of size of the debris as well as perhaps how much time can you give somebody to actually move that asset to be safe or so on uh, and so can you walk us through that part of uh, how this would work okay so uh, what we're doing uh, commercially is that uh, like i said we provide a life cycle support to a commercial satellite operator so that way once your satellite is in the orbit uh, what we do with our satellite constellation is that the data that we generate from our satellite constellation we build time advanced models of these objects and in case there is a debris that may hit your satellite or uh, if if your satellite is in the verge of collision uh, prior to that say in 72 hour time span we will provide you um, a, a maneuver designs or maneuver alert for your satellite once you are a part of our subscription service so that's how we help design maneuvers and also help you in terms of your satellite operation itself uh, so uh, more or less uh, we provide these time advanced model which uh, i call it or which the industry terms it as orbit propagation uh, by which we uh, generate these models and then uh, provide this to a commercial customer so the value that we generate to a customer is to help them save their operational cost not only in terms of maneuvering from space debris or space junk uh so it is more or less focused towards uh, satellite operation itself uh, be it in terms of optimizing a constellation understanding its coverage and stuff like that right so space situational awareness data has different applications or uh, space this this has different elite applications that this data can be used for so that's where we started focusing towards satellite operations rather than uh, you know focusing on just the debris set of things Right, interesting. And you know, from your perspective, uh, do you think that this whole space traffic management will now, because of space tourism or all of these remote sensing constellations or communication constellations, these are the main blocks? Or and also, will Leo still remain the core part of the interest for the next few years? Or do you see this extended towards MIO and GEO as well? one of the things that i wanted to mention here is that uh, space traffic management is really important to the space industry at this point in time where every enterprise is looking at launching satellites or some or the other way leveraging space technology in their businesses so in including space tourism so um, this uh, you know for space industry to grow or space economy to grow there are a lot of innovations that are happening in the industry today in terms of in orbit manufacturing in orbit servicing for all these activities 
one of the major uh, you know concerns that they have is how do we manage this because space is a common resource and you know there is no jurisdictions there as as such for anyone to control so one of the important things that uh, is necessary in space is transparency and coordination uh, so if transparency and coordination are is there or are there uh, that will help space industry to cherish and grow so in that lines what i would say is that uh, a leo orbit would uh, still be uh, the orbit in demand for all these communication remote sensing satellites as technology improvises i think there could be a change there where people might look at uh, meo orbits as well but uh, 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 right now looking at the boom in terms of space tourism in terms of the satellite communication constellation remote sensing constellation leo will still be the orbit uh, of choice for all these uh, new space actors or uh, space stakeholders for them to deploy their uh, satellites and a lot of them right now are working towards uh, say refueling and you know many interesting technologies in terms of docking etc so the core of all these is again uh, space situational awareness so uh, in this way i'm just trying to communicate how important is uh, space situational awareness or the data of what is happening in the orbit uh, uh, you know just to give you another similarity on grounds we have already you know polluted a lot of stuff right so we know what is happening here and there is traffic management systems be it on ground be it in air but such a solution is uh, required in space as well uh, for us to be able to coordinate with countries in 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 ground you have jurisdictions for you to control that you have air spaces to control that how do we solve this problem for space and a commercial entity has to uh, you know government has to do it at first point but government right now in the us actually what they did is they transferred uh, uh, the um, ssa uh, uh, the ssa capability itself to from department of defense to department of commerce in terms of helping all the uh, us based space companies to commercialize or enter into the ssa domain and provide civil space traffic management uh, uh, solutions or systems so in that lines i think uh, a coordinated effort is required from the industry for us to uh, you know solve this particular problem so that the industry can grow one of the aspects that i would love to hear from you is also the commercialization part of it because i know that i ha- i mean i have also had an indian company have you know started a company in india and tried to build a company you know sitting out of india one of the aspects that i experienced during my time at least in india is that once you said that you were an indian company a lot of the western customers they tried to hard negotiate prices saying oh you are an indian company you know you have to do it 10 times cheaper than us because you have uh, you know lesser uh, cost of uh, manpower and you know lesser cost of infrastructure and all of these so when you were starting to negotiate a lot of this uh, i know that your customer base is primarily outside of india at this point of time as well so did you face any such uh, problems you know how what were your key learnings as a part of the journey so in our initial days like i said we started developing satellite subsystems say uh, structures avionics and stuff like that right so at that point in time we had this problem and we had to negotiate uh, for the prices that you know they uh, they were uh, uh, telling us to do because we had no other go to establish credibility in the industry because you need to sell a product in the space industry for you to be able to uh, you know build your company as a brand so that was our initial uh, learnings that we had while we were uh, developing hardware 
but uh, the current uh, solution that we are providing is more or less focused uh, towards data so we as a company are owning infrastructure and space for us to uh, you know generate data and this data is something that we sell right so now that saas industry in india is much more established than space industry so we don't have such hardware related problems in terms of price negotiations in this uh, domain at least so we are uh, competing with uh, the global prices that are there in the industry today so our pricing is much similar to an insurance premium it depends on the class of an asset basically so if your satellite is say 100 kgs our pricing is according to your satellites uh, class uh, rather than uh, a fixed pricing you are one of the companies that have today raised uh, you know venture capital among among other companies that are in india as well you know 10 years ago this was a very difficult landscape because uh, having even angels give you any money in space was very difficult in india uh, at that point of time so and it's now massively changed where you all have you know some sort of a fomo within investors to pick right companies and investing in india so what has been your um, you know this private uh, equity or venture capital investment uh, journey so far and you know how did you finalize on uh, i think kalari capital is the one who is now funding you guys so did you also have to educate a lot of the you know vc community and so on because i when i talk to you know pavan or um, or shrinath or others you know they would have told me that i've spoken to 150 200 investors before we've got our money right so it gets progressively easy because they've actually done some education in the community over time and you know more and more companies may have it easier for them because it may not take them 200 meetings but maybe 20 or 30 before they get an investor so one of the major things that i would like to mention here is the timing right so the timing is really perfect as what we feel internally right so uh, in the era of uh, you know commercialization of space activities or human space flight where uh, you know one of the uh, three richest uh, uh, people or space junkies uh, they are space junkies actually so they are moving towards uh, you know uh, or or giving ads on commercializing the space or uh, Richard Branson's uh, Humans Place Fair. So this is creating an awareness and among the investor community and general public is understanding the importance of space. Or there, before uh, in in in, our, in my childhood at least, if if uh, someone says space, it was just ISRO or NASA, right? So today it's not uh, that. So it's like it's it's much more beyond than ISRO and NASA's or SpaceX right now. It's it's more or less like space tourism is no more a dream. So in that way, a lot of these uh, investors are uh, getting educated about uh, uh, this sector and they feel that this sector is something that they should invest in and this is an inflation point for them uh, uh, or for the industry where this can turn something like the IT revolution. Uh, So when we started our uh, fundraising initially, so we had again, uh, I mean, we had to speak to a lot of uh, uh, venture capital firms, uh, the angel investment firms here in India. We uh, we spoke to more than 40 investors or 40 investment firms in India before we finalized our investment. And one of the important things that uh, we learned uh, while we were fundraising is that uh, how do we sell uh, our dreams basically uh, in terms of building a conviction in terms of uh, the venture capital? Because in space industry, it's different. So it, uh, it's different, right? In the other industries, it's just like... Uh, you have an MVP and then you go to them saying you have uh, this much cra- uh, traction, so many customers and stuff like that. But then, uh, but in this industry, you need money to build an MVP itself. 
right so uh, uh, your initial game would be to build conviction in them and one of the most important things that you should be doing is educating them uh, while you're building conviction in them in terms of what you can pull and what you cannot do uh, so when we started doing this uh, initially it was tough but uh, looking at the ecosystem or uh, how it is growing uh, you know people started knowing that there is uh, uh, there is a market for what we are building because every other day you were seeing news about space every concerns in the uh, uh, in in few journals or articles like that so uh, when we finalized our funding uh, we as engineers didn't know much about finance so i give this credit to kalari and team uh, where they have supported us uh, in terms of building the entire uh, you know financial model for us sat with us for few weeks and we developed this ent- entire commercialization model or financial models together i think that's how a vc should be because uh, you know vcs cannot ex- expect an engineer to know everything in terms of uh, say finance business uh, technology so they gave us our initial uh, they were our initial support when we started uh, you know raising funds from them so they helped us in terms of un- understanding how a vc industry works and what do they expect from a startup so i think this has helped us uh, um in 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 our journey to get this uh, seed funding what do you think about the local ecosystem in india which is coming up with some other private companies who are also going to be operating satellites like pixel or you know some other companies that are planning to put out all of their spacecraft do you think that uh, these companies um, you know are interested in your services will take up your services or uh, or even you know perhaps that is one part of the question right and the other is of course is the system in india including isro willing to contract somebody like you who is coming up with such a novel uh, concept um, and i know that you know isro is for ex- for example put out a rfq to procure uh, data for 6 months for space situational awareness and they're going to be contracting a foreign company procuring that data soon and you know given that you're establishing some of this capability what do you feel like do you feel like in the next 3 or 4 years this, the ecosystem in india is not ready even privately or publicly and that you'll have to survive this by having foreign com- customers or how do you see this heading uh so uh, what i would like to tell here is that the local ecosystem is growing right now i think uh, we have a good market in terms of the launch companies or satellite companies willing to purchase this data so we have interest from a uh, few of the local companies to purchase our data as well for their satellite constellation and uh, uh, when it comes to isro right so um, isro is currently working on building an indigenous system in india uh, by es- establishing telescopes and radars in india for them to be able to track objects for which they have put out an rfis and rfqs in terms of procuring uh, data hardware for uh, ssa but uh, it 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 takes time for them to evolve but one thing that uh, uh, we we uh, we uh, learned from isro is that when we were talking to them about the solution of ours uh, you know we didn't want to get into uh, this isro at this point in time where we have not released our product in the industry uh, but uh, we wanted to go to them with our entire solution suite so that way uh, we applied for a challenge which uh, isro had announced called arisonic and uh, the category 3 of the challenge was towards uh, space robotics ar vr and outer space monitoring technologies and we won that challenge and we've received a 50 lakh grant from isro and we're working closely with them and they're providing us all the support that we need uh, from uh, the organization in terms of uh, the test facilities or also in terms of intellectual capital 
So uh, we are also working with few scientists from ISRO who have worked in this domain uh, before, say, uh, in terms of trajectory optimization and stuff with uh, inter-satellite uh, missions or interplanetary missions. So that way, I think uh, the local ecosystem is uh, gearing things up right now. And this, um, the market here in India can be ready for us probably by the time we start commercializing our uh, solution in the market. When it comes to developing a company like yours, you're really pushing the barrier, right? You're doing something that no other company in the country is kind of doing. And perhaps, you know, one of the problems of that is uh, to find the right people to join your team. So the people at Bellatrix, uh, since I also know them very well, they were mentioning to me that once they put out uh, eight openings or so on, and they received some 9,000 applications. Uh, and sometimes the same person are applying for three or four jobs in that eight list, right? So do you struggle a lot with finding relevant uh, talent to then absorb into your company and, you know, to have them fit into the requirements? You know, what is, uh, you know, when it comes to identifying talent and training them, what has been your experience so far? So we just concluded our hiring and we had similar problem that Pilatrix has faced. Uh, so we had uh, three or four job roles and people had applied for all four and 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 we had such cases and we had more than uh, you know 500 600 applications uh, uh, which we had to filter but uh, uh, what we did uh, while we uh, you know while we started announcing these uh, jobs is that uh, uh, we had a filtering mechanism by giving them an assignment right so that assignment did not have any right or wrong answer so we just wanted to understand a person's approach in solving a problem an engineering problem so that's how uh, a lot of our uh, in- internal management around hiring got easy. People used to just give up, and and we had uh, uh, and we have seen a lot of experts uh, who who gave up uh, solving that particular assignment that we had given. So that was one of the things that helped us uh, to shortlist people. But uh, in India, we still face a talent problem in in this sector at least. At least the sector that we are operating is uh, niche, right? So. Um, there are not many universities or colleges providing courses around orbital mechanics. Uh, and there are very few institutes which provide these, right? So we had to reach out to the institutes and then ask them um, if they know someone who can, uh, uh, you know, they can refer us uh, so that we can talk to them. So that was our initial, uh, you know, hiring experience. And now that we have concluded our hiring, uh, you know, from say IAST, IAC Bangalore. So I think in near future, we will face uh, this problem of talent shortage if uh, you know india doesn't gear up or indian institutes uh, do not start courses around all these advanced uh, space technology uh, uh, learnings and stuff right again you know super interesting overall uh, as such so when it comes to a lot of the changes that are happening in policies at this current times you know we have the draft space transportation policy draft uh, you know, remote sensing policy and others as well. Is there anything that you would wish that uh, changes quickly for you guys to then say uh, it gets easier, our life gets easier, and this is something that policymakers should focus on to help, you know, grow our certainty to our company and, you know, provide the stable regulatory framework? Right. So uh, one of the major problems that we have at this point in time is that, uh, you know, there is no uh, a proper uh, a transparent framework or policy for us to be able to register our satellites here in India. That's one. And the second thing that we have is around 
frequency allocation. So it takes a lot of time here in India for us to get this frequency allocation. At times, we have to apply this one year before our satellite launch for us to get uh, uh, these licenses before the launch. So these are the two things that we are, uh, that we see as a problem at this point in time. But apart from that, uh, coming specific to what we are building, there are a lot of policies in the US around uh, space situational awareness data, which is not there in, here in India. And when we had uh, discussions with few stakeholders, we had to educate them about uh, uh, what is there in the US, what is there in the Europe. Uh, so um, one advantage that I see is that, uh, you know, we can drive the policy if, uh, you know, the stakeholders cooperate. But uh, uh, I think if there is a framework around uh, how we can share this data uh, with the commercial space operators or with the military or uh, with the other governments, if there is a proper framework around uh, uh, space situational awareness data, that will be helpful for us. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely great. So one of the things that I'm trying to collect from uh, many of the younger space entrepreneurs is uh, what can an industry association do in India? So recently, there's been uh, an industry association called the SATCOM Industry Association. And, you know, they are trying to tell the government what are all the areas that uh, they can work on so that uh, policies can be framed very well and so on. So the other couple of ideas I had is, uh, you know, having an industry association uh, run events, for example, uh, book places like, uh, you know, common place for all the companies to then have a participation in a trade show like an IAC or, you know, taking uh, industry delegations to other countries where you can have prior meetings set up with potential customers to have you know, time with them and so on. Um, do you think that uh, there is any pointers uh, in which this kind of industry association can help out in a greater fashion that will add, you know, beyond just telling governments these are the things that you can work on. Uh, any other value adds do you think we can add to such a frame uh, industry association? Yeah, so I I, I think uh, trade fairs, like you rightly mentioned, is really important at least for the local ecosystem to understand each other. There are a lot of com companies here in India. So when we were looking at uh, you know. Uh, vendors or suppliers for few of our uh, technologies we had to search and there are not many companies which are on internet per se so you need uh, there are a lot many com companies who are uh, currently isro vendors or building advanced electro optics uh, systems here in india but we do not know them i think uh, building uh, or, or organizing such trade fairs or uh, conferences like iac would help the local ecosystem to know each each other and complement each other's solution or help uh, or help together is what i believe but apart from that having an association like you uh, mentioned is really important because that will act as a bridge and reduce a lot of our efforts in terms of reaching out to the government because we have a channel for us to you know put forward our requests and then they can take it to the government and uh, uh, policy is the most important thing i would say if there is a good policy or a transparent policy framework in place, the ecosystem would cherish and grow. Right. I'm going to put you in a spot by asking you a question, which is maybe tough. Um, given that, you know, you've gone through this journey now and perhaps there's other younger people coming into the same journey and, you know, trying to find their way out. What do you think are the top mistakes that you did that other people who are following your footsteps can avoid? Uh, so one of the uh, major mistakes that we did in our journey is uh, uh, when we were trying to build our technology, uh, you know, it took us a, a, a lot of time or 
I mean, in, in fact, we were trying to focus on building this as a business. And uh, in our initial days, right, so we had an idea, but we did not really focus on building this technology. Uh, uh, you know, we we took some time to get grants or money for us to build this idea. So what suggestion or what advice that I give is that, uh, you know, at this point in time, I, I, I feel that we should have done things much before than we are doing right now. Uh, the only reason is that uh, uh, you know at 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 many times what we feel is that uh, we need money or we need resources to build this but that might not be true you know you 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 may uh, still have resources for you to build something but uh, uh, it's just that we we feel that we don't have resources so that was one of the major mistakes that we did in our journey uh, due to which we have a lot of we had a lot of delays uh, say in terms of wait in terms of funding wait in terms of uh, you know, building this prototype at, at the right time. We could have done it much before. Uh, so one thing is that uh, never look for resources uh, in when, when you're building technology. You should look for resources, but uh, what I'm trying to tell here is that uh, never think that you don't have resources. You still can have an alternative way in terms of, uh, you know, finding the solution for that problem. Excellent. And what do you think uh, ISRO can do to help companies like you and others uh, from this point of time? Because, you know, we talked about already the policy changes beyond just the policy changes and giving you infrastructure and, and you know, some of their uh, experts. What else do you think uh, could be done to support companies like you? So I think one of the major things that has helped us is uh, we got grants from the government initially, which was around one crore rupees. Right. So, so in total, we have raised more than one crore from the government grants with, I mean, without losing any equity. Right. So that has helped us a lot in our journey. So there are a lot of avenues that uh, the government has for funding. I think all the entrepreneurs, uh, you know, who are wanting to start a company in the space industry should definitely look at uh, uh, such schemes that are available in the industry. Apart from that, ISRO's handholding is really important. But what I really appreciate as uh, the European space agency's model of setting up uh, the incubation centers. In India, again, we have incubation centers, but it is not uh, like it is in the Europe, right? So ESA picks are not there here in India. ISRO has incubation centers, which they call STCs and stuff like that, which are there in, say, IAC Bangalore, NIT Jalandhar, NIT Agartala. But I don't think that is, you know, functioning to the fullest or what they built it for. So if they, uh, you know, if they follow model like how the European Space Agency is following, it will help a lot of entrepreneurs uh, to get their initial, uh, you know, uh, funding or to get their initial trigger for them to start some something from that particular center is what I believe. So um, ISRO will play an important role uh, in building uh, the local ecosystem here in India for the space entrepreneurs to grow. Right. Final question. So. What do you think is the trajectory like in the next, uh, you know, five to seven years for you as well as for the overall ecosystem? So we've seen, you know, about 30, 40 companies come up across upstream, midstream, downstream in the sector in India over the last, you know, five or six years, right? So as far as your company is concerned, you see operating these nine satellites or adding more satellites or so on. And then, you know, from an ecosystem perspective, do you think we'll see... I don't know, maybe 50 more companies come up in the next five to seven years. So what we're trying to uh, build here at Digantra is a basic infrastructure, something similar to what Google Maps did, right? So Google Maps 
uh, you know, is is a base for a lot of com- companies to grow. So, uh, so we're trying to build a, a solution which is something similar to uh, what Google Maps has done. But what we are focusing here, our vision is to build a surveillance company, uh, 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 leveraging space technology, not just in tracking space objects, but in other domains as well. As slowly we expand, uh, say in uh, the air surveillance, ADSB, uh, and and other sectors. So that way, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, I, f- I foresee something like uh, Google Maps has done today in the industry here in India uh, in terms of uh, the space ecosystem as well. Excellent. And as far as uh, the other companies are concerned, what do you think will evolve? You know, will, will you see, do you see that we'll have, you know, tens of other companies come up? What is your feeling like? So, I mean, I, I just, uh, uh, you know, I used to Google uh, a lot of times how many Indian companies are working in space tech, right? So I've seen a lot of space companies wanting to build rockets apart from Skyroot and Agnikul. There are a bunch of companies in India who are trying to build rockets. And, you know, I think uh, uh, looking uh, uh, at, at them, I feel that uh, there is a lot of potential uh, for Indian entrepreneurs to build something in the uh, uh, space ecosystem. It's just that uh, they're not getting that request, uh, that recognition or support that they need for them to grow. Uh, for the years to come, I think uh, there'll be, if the government supports uh, in terms of their initial funding uh, and in terms of handholding from ESRO, uh, there'll be a change in the industry which uh, is necessary for the Indian privatization of the space industry is what I feel. All right. So again, Anirudh, thank you so much for uh, taking an hour's time. Uh, I'm sure that you're super busy with everything and good luck with you, with, to you and your team in all the progress. I think, you know, this is a very interesting idea, very interesting uh, aspect of commercialization and quite unique uh, to, to India itself. So I definitely congratulate you and uh, your team in, in, you know, in the progress that you've had so far. And I hope uh, you can truly become one of the leaders in this sector in the coming years uh, coming out of India. Yeah, thanks, Narayan. Thanks.